Hey queens, hey kings, what's up good people? I am Sharana Reeves. You are listening to These Three Things Podcast and thank you for coming back and joining me with the final four, part two episode. I wanna just say thank you starting out the gate to all of you guys who have listened to part one. Y'all blew that episode completely up. I was shocked. I have learned in podcasting when I have episodes that I'm super excited about and I'm like, everybody's going to want to listen to this episode. And I wake up the next morning and like maybe 40 people have listened. (laughs) I'm like, what? Where is everybody? So I learned not to get too high or have too big of expectations because the reality in podcasting is, is that people listen when they have time. So not everyone has time when I drop the episode to just kind of sit and listen. Not everyone's going to be in their car or cleaning up their house or just working out, which are usually times when people listen to podcast episodes. So I didn't really have a big expectation when I woke up the next morning after releasing the episode of what the numbers would be. And I woke up and I was like, what? (laughs) What? Thank y'all, man. That was just so dope. And I love that you guys got to hear the story of our team. Um, We loved us some Dottie Kelso. This is true. A lot of you who emailed was like, wow, I would have loved to have met this woman because you guys clearly loved her. Uh, And we did, but also take into account that for the first time in 28 years, this was the first time that we ever talked about Dottie Kelso together after her death. So there was a lot of pent up uh, expressions and emotions that we had that you saw coming out in that episode. And so, We appreciate you guys being along for the ride with us on it and um, getting to know about our beloved coach, Dottie Kelso. With that being said, I want to address this first because I'm talking about it. So I'll just throw it out there. I had a listener uh, email me and tell me they didn't appreciate the emotional roller coaster that I put them on in the episode. And as I'm reading, they said, well, you and your teammates were speaking and sharing about a great loss of your beloved coach. And I'm all in my feelings and in my emotions. (laughs) And then you come back from the break and you take me to the club. (laughs) True. I actually did that and edited it that way on purpose because the episode was so heavy that I felt like we needed to end it on something light, something to make you laugh, something to share with you about our college experience. Because, yes, we were student athletes, students athletes, but we also were young people who enjoyed having a life and going out and doing things with our teammates and friends like dancing and going to the club, which is, you know, what college students do. And so I wanted to share that part of our experience too, because we did have a little club that we all like to go to and hang out and dance and just, you know, see all the people on campus and some of the locals in Tuscaloosa. So I definitely wanted to share that. And I do apologize for putting anyone on an emotional roller coaster. I just wanted to kind of lighten the episode a little bit. So That was kind of my reasoning for that. Um, I got an email. Someone wanted to know how old Coach K was when she passed. She was 31 years old. I'm sorry. I thought I shared that in the episode. But she was 31 years old. Uh, Also, too, I had someone reach out to me about the website and said, I remember that you used to have a website. Where's your website? Okay, so let me tell you all the quick story on that. Okay, so I was contracted to work for this company, and I had just started working for the company, and I was super busy. And I was getting emails sent to me about the fact that the card that I had used to renew my payment every year with GoDaddy uh, had expired, and I did not know it. 
and GoDaddy was letting me know, hey, your card is expired. You know, uh, put in your new card. I really wasn't checking my emails at this time because the job that I was contracted to do, it was a, it was requiring a lot of work out of me, right? So I didn't even think anything about it. I wasn't doing episodes on the show. I don't always go back and check the numbers, which is on my Podbean account, which is my RSS feed. Those of you who know anything about podcasting, that's kind of podcast talk, but just basically the site in which I upload all of my episodes on. So I wasn't checking anything because I'm just knee deep into working with this company that I'm working with. So I get to February and the contract is kind of coming to an end and I can see the light of day, right? So I'm like, oh, let me go on my podcast. I I haven't checked the numbers in a while. And I go on my website and I'm like, okay, wait, what's going on? back out, put it back in again. What's going on? And I realized that my website is nowhere to be found. I go on my, I go to my emails and I email Brady and I'm like, Brady, can you check my website? I don't know what's going on. I can't, I I can't find it anywhere. So Brady goes into full scale. What happened to the website situation, right? He was like, you're not going to like this. I'm like, what is going on, Brady? He was like, apparently your card expired and GoDaddy emailed you like 20 times about it for you to update your card. And, um, you never did. So they kept it for 30 days and now the 30 days are up and they've completely released the website. Long story short, I'm aware the website is down. I am working on getting that back up right now. I just found someone to redo it to the website, but hopefully in the next 30 days, the website will be back up and running at these3-things.com. So hang in there with me on that. I do apologize. That was me. That was just on me. I was working and just wasn't on it. Just wasn't on it. Okay, were there any more questions anybody else had for me to answer? Oh, here we go. Um... I had someone email me and say, why not the whole team? I would have loved to hear from the whole team. Okay, about that. I would have too. I would have loved to have been able to get everybody together and really just talk about that experience. But in podcasting, it really doesn't work that way. Large numbers of people, this would have been four-part episode, which I wouldn't have mind having a four-part episode, but trying to record that in one day the people who were recording the episode would have been exhausted. You know, for me, it's like, I love it. I could talk all day long, but for people who are doing it, uh, that can kind of grow long. And so having 12, 13 girls, 12 or 13 women sitting down and talking about an experience. And we all have so much to share about that season. This episode would have never ended. So it's a huge undertaking when you're doing a podcast to have large groups and numbers of people, because everyone is going to want to talk and everyone is going to want to share. And just with the seven of us, it uh, is a two-part episode. So that's the reason why. uh, No reason in particularly. I love all those girls. I hope they know that I think they do. And so that's the reason why it wasn't the entire team. And also, too, I want to acknowledge a few people that I left off Anytime I'm naming names, I try so hard to make sure that I don't miss anyone and I always miss somebody. So let me just take a quick second and mention them and say hello, tell you guys I love you and please forgive me for uh, not having your name on here. Oh, Leslie Sanderson Perrion, Nikki Cabler, Cabler, Nick Nick. I know you as Nick Nick. As a matter of fact, I don't think I've ever had to say your last name. So I hope that I'm saying it correctly in one of those two pronunciations. 
Jill Cornelia Scott, and our trainer, Jill Bigman. If there is anybody else that I forgot that was from this team, please let me know. Because I also want to give a shout out to our head coach, Rick Moody's wife, Sandra Moody, who was also a key piece in loving on us and being there for us when we lost our beloved Coach K. So without further ado, I just want to say one more thing. I'm asking all of you who are listening to this episode a huge favor. If you are listening on Apple or Pandora, please leave a review. You can also leave a review on Podbean as well. Podbean is the... Uh, source that I use to upload my episodes to Apple, Spotify, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Google, all the platforms, all the things. Uh, so you can go to podbean.com and leave a review there as well. But I am really working hard on pushing this podcast out and your reviews will really help that. So if you came by, if you're only coming by for just this episode, leave a review. If you've been listening and meaning to leave a review, please go ahead and leave one. And if you have never really thought about leaving a review because you're just not a leave a review type person, go and leave a review. So let's go ahead and get into today's episode. These three things, final four, part two. With Carla, Camille, Monique, Nene, Chandra, Marlene, and our head coach, Rick Moody. Enjoy. For almost a century, Scarrett Bennett Center's historic Gothic campus has been a choice location for dream weddings in Nashville. Consistently rated one of Music City's best places to get married by The Knot, Wedding Wire, and Toast of Nashville, Scarrett Bennett Center offers three timeless venues for your wedding, a 20-person elopement chapel, a 300-person wedding chapel, and a breathtaking garden. From rehearsal to reception, Scarrett Bennett Center is ready to help you create the intimate, historic wedding of your dreams. Visit our website at scarrettbennett.org forward slash weddings for more information. All right, now let's segue to the leading up to the final four. At what point did y'all come to the conclusion? I'm going to start with you, Carla, because I want to know everybody's perspective on this. At what point did you realize... We're pretty good. Well, probably when we got to the final four, you know, once we made it, there's like, it was every step of the way. It was kind of like, just stay focused, do what you need to do so we can go to the next level. I, I think it was just in us. Mm. That's what I kind of feel like. It was just in us because of what Coach Kelso, how she recruited us and how she, you know, spoke with us and how she believed mm. in us. And I believe that she knew the greater side of us. Like you said, you she didn't get to see you, um, who you are now. I think she already knew who we mm -hmm. could be. Oh, yeah. And and she knew all that. So I feel like once we got to the final four, I mean, I guess really that's when I knew for real. Like we, we good. Going. We're good. We good. We're Marlene? Good. I think I felt it probably maybe within a month and a half of the season. Because I saw a different hunger in everyone. And, of course, you know, as a captain, I'm looking. I'm looking at everybody. And I kind of know everybody and what their talents are and what they what they bring to the table. But I just saw a different hunger. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was something that was, it was, words are escaping me now. But I just remember it, it looked different on everybody. Mm -hmm. But it was contagious. 
mm-hmm. to a point where I was like, okay, if we can put some things together, we we can kind of go here because we were beating teams that we hadn't beat before by large margin. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I saw how we began to work better in terms of the whole philosophy that we had. It was working. And I was like, okay, all right, we, we pretty good here. We pretty good. And I said, we, we might be able to make it somewhere. Did I think it was going to be the final four? No, not until I truly started believing the final four. I knew we'd get far, but the final four, I'm like, when you can start to see it, that first round of the tournament, Yeah, I was like, are we in here? Mm-hmm. I could see us there. And that's when it became real because I said, once we got into the tournament and I saw the level of play that we had, it's like, oh, who going to beat us? We yeah. Who beat us? At that time, I was going, I don't care who's in it. Tennessee was our nemesis. And I was like, mm-hmm. we, we, we can take care of them. Yeah. If they were going to be in it that year, we were going to take them out. That yeah. was the way that I was looking at it. Nobody could stop us. Mo? Um, I think three things point out to me. I think after Coach Kelso's passing, the, with the intensity of practices increasing, I think that let me know from the from looking into the future, like, wow, we got something here. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, I think when we played Louisiana Tech, because them girls were bad. Mm-hmm. Them were some bad was, girls. Was it Vicky mm-hmm. Johnson? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were mm-hmm. good. Yes. Them girls were bad, and when we was able to pull out a win. Um, against them at home mm-hmm. um, that that moment. And then um, when we went in overtime um, in the regional game. Was it regional oh. game? Mm-hmm. Penn State. Penn State, yep. one of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. when we went in overtime and we was able to pull out, I was like, yep. wow, we're special. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Sean? Well, my journey is kind of different from y'all's because I told my ACL that January. Mm-hmm. That's right. So, mm-hmm. Coach K died, then I tore my ACL, and everything else was a blur until we got to the Final Four. Um, I think one or two of those games I didn't I didn't attend. Um, I don't know. I just didn't want to. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, there was just yeah. a lot of stuff going on in my mind at that time. But, I mean, just seeing y'all out there and just being on the bench room for y'all, you know, it was, it was something else. It was unbelievable. It really was. You know what, Chandra? We probably need to apologize to you Absolutely. because we were in the middle of season, and I don't think until you said it just now, because again, Chandra, like we just was talking about during the break, you a woman of few words. Like you gonna talk, but you ain't finna do no whole bunch of talking. That's just not your person. Uh, you didn't really say a lot, so I think we all assumed that you were okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. But listening to you talk now, you know. At my 51-year-old self can understand that, dang, like she needed us. But we were in the middle of the season mm-hmm. and did not really realize the gravity of what you just said. We've lost Coach K, and now you, and you were a major piece for us, Chandra. Mm-hmm. Like, we counted on you to go in and get them. If it was around the rim, Chandra Fuller, was it was in her hands. Them hips was moving. Yes. 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 I think he put me in there to bang. I don't remember banging. And we loved you banging. We loved you banging. I mean, six, seven. Chandra, you was moving them, honey. If it came off that rim, you had it, and it was going to go back. And you rarely missed a bunny. Absolutely. You rarely didn't miss no chip shots and you were a vital piece to our team so when we lost you i don't think any of us really we would in our minds we still we okay we got to move on we got to somebody got to step up and fill in the gap for chandra 
But, you know, apologies from us to yes, you because I don't think we realized that we also mm-hmm. needed to make sure that you were okay. And personally, I don't think y'all, y'all, you know, y'all were going through things yourself. And so we all were going through things and I didn't take it personal. I was just trying to get through that. Yeah. You can say but, that again. Yeah. We, yeah. <laughs> Which we're going to get to that. We are going to talk. It's up next. I, I never. It's up next. But I hate that I missed it. I, I, I yeah. But you were with us, though, yeah. mm-hmm. and you prepared us. Let's yeah. just let that be said. You yeah. prepared us daily, Chandra, up until that point to get to where we got. Like, yes. nothing was lost on you. Like, yeah. we might have missed the moment to know how to really be there for you mm-hmm. as young ladies, but, like, you you brought so much to that team. Like, your silent strength. You always have a silent strength about you mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't have to say a lot, but we know your presence is, is in the room. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't even remember Chandra going through surgery. I just remember her coming in practice with a, 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 a leg wrap on. Yep. She had a like, whole cast or with a brace on it. Well, I, I don't even remember realize, her going through surgery. I didn't realize that when I fell. I was like, did what? You know? Because it didn't seem that serious. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What was going on, but. But you know what? If it had been any one of us, we'd all be like, I got to have surgery on Friday or something. You know, we'd have been in there talking. Chandra don't say a word. She just come back from surgery. Like, I, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I had surgery three days ago. <laughs> we like, what? Okay. Oh, she, I started rehab. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What'd you do? <laughs> <laughs> rehab on what? What'd they do? They, they, yeah. We didn't know. We didn't know. Okay. But I think also, too, that was a little bit of the translation that we lost with Coach K being gone, too. Because Coach K would have filled us in on what was right. going on with Chandra. And you need to check on your teammate. Absolutely. What she would have said. And we would have known to do that. So that's a moment where the piece of Dottie Kelso was missed because she wouldn't have let us miss that moment as her teammates. You know? So, Nay, what, when did you know? When did you know we was a Final Four team? Um, I think when we beat Duke and the – Quadruple overtime, overtime. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we, I think that was the moment because everybody was so intense. The ones out on the bench, we were cheering everybody on the floor. On, I mean, the the third overtime, everybody was in the floor like, yes. get we're up, get yourself together, let's yeah. go. We got to get it. And we're so, not losing this game. Absolutely, yeah. and I think um, just watching us at that moment, nobody could outrun us. Nobody could outrun no. that 1994 Alabama team. Nobody. No. Um, and at that time, the conditioning didn't even phase us. Right. It was no. just – I mean, all. I don't even think he ran us at practice after a while. It was like, <laughs> well, they got, got it, it, you know. You know why? Because we practiced so hard that it was no need to run us. We was right. going full speed the whole time yes. in practice. Uh, Nene, that is so true. Like, mm-hmm. I would literally be in games and be standing at the free throw line – and breathing like I haven't done a thing, and Absolutely. looks to the right and left of me, and people are like, <laughs> and I was like, we got them, we got them. They're tired. Oh, they tired. And we were, we knew we had them, you know. And yes. but it was fun to us. Was. We were laughing, yes. and it was just a season that. Was because deep down we was killers real. too though. Oh, we yeah, was absolutely, killers. absolutely. We was nice country girls, but we was killers when it yeah, came absolutely. to basketball. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not from the country. <laughs> <laughs> We, well, I'm, I'm a exactly. northern. We made you. We put some you country def- in you. You definitely did, Nate. <laughs> but we, we were okay. confident as well. We were. <clears throat> we were confident, and I think we were a little cocky, not in a bad way, mm-hmm. but uh, we were outscoring people uh, by a lot. And I remember always making the hundredth point, you know, because we were scoring a hundredth point. <laughs> and I made the newspaper always scoring a hundredth point. The hundredth point, did, Camille. And so I'm like, 
this is so amazing. You know, I may not have contributed a whole lot, but I was there. Oh, you did <laughs> contribute oh, a lot. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah absolutely. Because, see, let's just put this out there. Well, first of all, before we say that, what did, when did you know? When did you know we were a Final Four team? When January arrived and we talked about being second or third in the SEC tournament. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it was our ranking mm-hmm. of the SEC tournament, mm-hmm. where we were, who we was going to have to play, and what we was going to have to do in order to get into the NCAA. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so at that moment, I really understood that we are really competing to really play in the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. like we we have formed a bond that nobody could break on the floor off the floor mm-hmm. yep you know there was nothing bad said amongst us we were really in between those lines we were unstoppable mm-hmm. and so that <clears throat> that made me realize hey this is it because we had a team that Coach Moody could put five in mm-hmm. and take five out. Absolutely. And wasn't going to miss a beat. And would not miss a beat. That's right. You know, we played um, we played North Carolina in the Central mm-hmm. Central uh, Flo- Central Florida Tournament. Mm-hmm. I remember. And we were ahead, y'all, mm-hmm. by 20-something points. Yeah. Because the starters wasn't getting it done. Mm-hmm. He took them out and put that second team, put Absolutely. us in. <clears throat> and we were ahead by 22 points. I think we beat them by 22 points, mm-hmm. didn't we? Yeah. They came back and oh, beat us. Oh, they came back and beat us? Yes, oh, they okay. came back and beat us. In that tournament. In but that that what? that was the moment. But we I ended up playing them. How good we were. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. How good we were. <clears throat> yes. My moment that I realized that we, we were going to go to the Final Four, that we were a Final Four team, was when Coach Moody was saying that he hoped we got the seventh seed. He hope we get the seventh seed. The seventh yeah. seed is the best spot. And let me just tell you, I don't even think I realized this. I, did, I don't think I realized this when I was young, but I understand this about myself now. I literally believed everything Coach Moody said. <laughs> I'm Like, I really, if he said it, I believed it. Because I always wanted to, I, I liked being coached. I don't, don't, talk to me hard. Hard don't bother me. Hard gonna make me step up. Like, challenge me. Mm-hmm. And I believed everything that he said. So listening to him talk about, we want the seventh seed. This is why we want the seventh seed. Because the seventh seed gets this place. And then you don't have to play this person. And you can get here. So when we got the seventh seed, I was like, okay, so we got the seed that he wanted. And I couldn't wait to hear what he was going to say next. Then when we saw, he gave us the breakdown of who we had to beat to get to a Final Four, in my mind it was locked in. Mm -hmm. We have to win these games. Mm -hmm. And so it was just really, again, in his leadership, he did a great job of taking us one game at a time, Mm -hmm. preparing us one game at a time, and we didn't think ahead. We never got ahead of ourselves. We stayed one game at a time. Mm -hmm. And that's when I knew when when we got that seventh seed, I was like, it's on. The way he presented it to us. He sold it. Yep, he, he sold, sold it, it, and I bought yes. it. We ended mm-hmm. up in the east, didn't we? Was it the east region we ended up in? All I remember. We're from the country. We don't remember. We don't know. <laughs> Us country folks don't know. Okay, north, south, east, west. So yeah, that was my moment when I realized that we were a Final Four team, and I thought we did a great job of 
knowing our scouting report, even though we didn't even get scouting reports. Like, you know, on paper. Did we get scouting reports on paper? Mm-hmm. I don't think no. so. No. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. That right there just speaks volumes to if a team, if players just trust in their coaches and just, you know, trust that the coaches know what they're doing, you ain't really got to have all this hours of film and all this. And I can get where you may want to do some skill development based on your film and what you see that you could be doing better. Mm-hmm. But sitting down watching a whole bunch of film, we didn't mm-hmm. do any of that. Mm-mm. And we literally knew everything those players were going to do without having seen them do anything. Mm-hmm. You are listening to These Three Things Podcast Final Four with Carla, Camille, Monique, Nene, Chandra, Marlene, and our head coach, Rick Moody. We'll be right back. Do you need to get a handle on your stress? Need to get better control of your emotions? Join the 19,000 plus students who have taken Dr. Patricia Thompson's 21-day crash course in emotional intelligence. You'll learn practical techniques that will help you manage your emotions, improve your relationships, and get ahead in your career, all in the comfort of your own home. Learn more at her website, silverliningpsychology.com, on the self-help page. Again, that's silverliningpsychology.com. Okay, so let's talk about the baby. Let's talk about the baby who had the baby. The baby who had the baby. Listeners, before we get off into this story, I want y'all to know that how many weeks when we came back from the Final Four? How many weeks was it? A week, maybe two. Literally two weeks after we came back from the Final Four, one Mm -hmm. of our teammates who's sitting right here right now, Monique, Mm -hmm. gave birth to a beautiful, healthy baby boy did not receive one ounce of prenatal care ran every sprint in practice for a whole season never missed a time on any of her sprints was doing charge drills in practice doing the whole nine Mm -hmm. and was carrying baby Corey. tell me about it mom where do we start um so the the first person I confided in was Nene. And I felt like going to her was my best option because she was a mother herself. Smart. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I, I think I came to you, Nay, and said, Nay, how'd you know when you was pregnant? Yep. I think that was the question I asked. And it was funny because I was like, I, I mean, I, I just play basketball. Yeah, I, that's. I don't know. It, it, and remember, she was five months playing in high school, I mean, in um, Juco. Juco. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so um, I said, well, I said, well, how do you know, you know, you're pregnant or whatever? And I forget what you what you told me or whatever. And so um, so I I confided in her. The second person was Camille. We was in church. (laughs) I wrote her a note. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote her. Yes. Yes. uh, shout out to Cornerstone Baptist Church. Cornerstone. Reverend Palmer. Yes. Rest in peace, yes. Reverend Palmer. We kept, loved you. Kept that, kept that angel around mm-hmm. it. And so um, I wrote a note to her. I said, Camille, I said, I think I'm pregnant. And she goes, you sure? We're passing note back and forth. And, and um, I said, well, I'm not sure, but I think that's the case or whatever. And um we Camille and I got together and decided that um we had a couple of days off and um 
the plan was to go, you know, check, you know, get it checked out or whatever. So we go, um, and uh, the decision that was made was that um, it wasn't the best option that that was offered to me. So um, denial kicked in. And just for your listeners to know, it is real. Denial is truly real. So I think that's where I was in the whole process was um, denial. And um, as I mentioned um, yesterday when we were speaking or talking in a discussion, I think it was the level of um, expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you mean expectations from your family? My, and not just family, yourself. myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, family, self, my teammates. Um, it was a combination of a lot of stuff, but denial was probably the heaviest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we come back from the final four. Two weeks later, your water breaks. Yes. So we're we're out for the summer. I think it, yeah. so. Yeah. It was, it was, so the, the, we came back in April. The final four was in April. Mm-hmm. So school was out like two weeks later or something like that, and we had to be out of our apartment, apartment mm-hmm. our door, our um, apartment on campus. And I, I started. I was staying with Camille and um, Cece until my parents came and got me for the summer. And I'm laying on the couch, and I'm like, hmm, something's not right. And so I felt like I peed on myself, right? And so I get up, I get in the shower or whatever. I go to Camille's bathroom at the time, and um, I get in the shower or whatever. So I lay back down, and I'm like, ooh, this this pain is increasing. I'm like, I don't think this is right. Like, mm-hmm. So I go to Carla's room. I knock on the door. And I said, Carla, I said, I think my water just broke, but do not let Cece drive me to the hospital. And she let Cece drive me to the hospital. Carla, you one job. Carla. One job. I don't even know why. I don't even know what happened. She probably panicked. Too. And one job. the thing is, she left without me. Prior to wait, she, yes, who left without you? Cece got in the car and drove off without you yes, and the baby. Without me oh in the car, came back. So she's supposed to be cry. taking you to the hospital, yes. and she's on her way to the yes. hospital without you. Yes, yes. So we get, and I told Carla, do not let her drive. One, because we knew Cece couldn't drive at the time. <laughs> Two. I knew we had to go over railroad tracks. I just knew we had to go over these railroad tracks. So I'm like, do not let her drive. She drives anyways. We get to the hospital and literally she jumps out of the car. Cece does. She jumps out. There's a pregnant lady. She's having a baby. I'm like, Camille, it's a, I can walk. They come out with a wheelchair. They're, they're like, they're treating us as if he's coming right now, like right now. So, yeah, so that's the, but denial is, um, is real, guys. And, and I think in a mental health type of way, mm-hmm. I think that's what I was dealing with. Mm-hmm. And I was dealing with it personally and internally mm-hmm. um knowing what i know now mm-hmm. um yeah i think it had a lot to do with just like i said expectations of i knew us as a core um what we were capable of of accomplishing um the expectations from my family 
and then expect, you know, expectations within myself. So, yeah. So did anybody on the staff know that Mo was pregnant? Nobody. Nene told everybody. Did I really? I don't know. I'm just guessing. <laughs> I was about to say, did she? Did she tell me? This is the thing. I was not gonna spread anything because that was so important for me. So I didn't want my business out. So I knew mm-hmm. it was your business to tell somebody. Mm-hmm. So even if somebody was saying, "Nay, did you know?" I was like, mm-hmm. "But now you're very protective in general. You're very protective over people that you care about. Mm-hmm. Like if somebody entrusts something with you, you're gonna protect that." Yeah, so she I was the baby. You didn't too, say you anything because I never knew until even when, like I said, I saw the print on your stomach and I didn't even know that you was mm-hmm. pregnant. Yeah, and it's crazy because I only gained one pound. Yes, the whole time. The whole Ain't time. That is crazy. You know and what? it's a blessing from God. Yeah. No prenatal care. No I mean, that's prenatal. Like yeah. God just really, truly over you. I remember when um, I was in recovery and um, the doctor came in and checked the placenta or whatever. Well, first the nurse did, and she was like. Well, I can't find it. And I was like, find what? You know, I'm like, yeah. I, this is my first time having a baby. And for? so she's like, I'll be back. So he comes back. She comes back with the doctor. And he goes, I hear him say, hmm. I'm like, what the heck? And so he was like, I've never seen this before. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, I've never seen anybody's placenta shrink down to size wow. as if they never had a baby before. He said, your abs muscles are amazing. Wow. That's exactly what he oh, said. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's the best thing that ever happened to me, and I, I and I let him know that um, that you know the decisions that I thought was going to be best for me at the yeah. time. Um, I'm I'm a true believer in where you're at is where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and God's purpose and plan was for him to be here, and I'm I'm thankful. And and he and along the lines, he he grew some aunties. You yeah. know. Oh yeah. Like when I tell you, I couldn't ask for better babysitters. In my like, even to this day, he still is like, "Mom, um, have you talked to Cece or Carla?" Or and I'll I'll mention um, Carla's nieces to him. I'm like, "You remember?" Um, he's like, "Yeah, vaguely. He'll vaguely remember mm-hmm. or whatever." And then Nini's forever Nini to him, you know. Um, even Chandra babysat for us her baby. So yes, yes, yes. So he he had a team, a core. Yeah. Um. If you're in a situation, you know, and dealing with something personal, um, I encourage them to to seek and to reach out and seek help. Um, yeah, because real talk. mental health is real. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that time, and we know in our community, at specifically at that time, therapy wasn't in our vocabulary. Absolutely, no. um, that's Absolutely. not what black people did mm-hmm. back in the mid nineties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. We didn't right. go to no therapy. Mm-hmm. That's and right. So with therapy wasn't in 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 our vocabulary and but i highly recommend that if the, if anyone is going through something personal as you know a pregnancy or you know a struggle with some type of addiction or anything to you know please go get help even death grief mm-hmm. when we were lost coach Kelsey, mm-hmm. nobody even came to us and said no. do y'all need to talk to anybody yeah. mm-hmm. we didn't get that mm-hmm. um, me. yes they didn't. I didn't. We didn't. I didn't get. It. I didn't know anything I went, about grief. Right, but I only went three times because, right, it was different. Right. And just listening to Monique last night, um, you're a great mother, oh, and, okay. and to to get through that adversity, man, I I applaud you. Oh, that you're you're such a great mom, just with two boys, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, shout out to Corey, mm-hmm. Colin. 
So as the ladies and I come to a close on our conversation about our final four season and all that we experienced, I don't think this episode would have been complete without hearing from our leader. I reached out to Coach Moody and told him the episode that I was putting together and asked him would he mind being a part of it and sharing his experience with my listeners. Without hesitation, he said, absolutely, baby. And we got on the phone and talked. Here is my conversation with our head coach of the 1994 Alabama Women's Basketball Final Four team, Rick Moody. So I'd like to welcome to my show someone that you've heard by this point, the ladies and I already talk about, a man who we love dearly. He is our head coach. His name is Rick Moody, and I could not not have him on this episode or this show and not talk about just who he was to us. And I think we all had kind of had conversation, Coach Moody, because I'm going to bring you in now, where we talked about how all of us were young when Coach K passed away the year of the Final Four season. And we were all kind of just dealing with our own grief. And I don't think as kids we ever really realized the magnitude of who Coach K was to you. She was your right hand. She was someone you confided in often. And so as I welcome you into the show, I definitely mm-hmm. want to get your perspective on uh, everything. So first of all, welcome. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's uh, so proud of you guys. All the, all, all, that's the first thing I need to say about every single player that was on that team and most of my teams at Alabama, they've all gone out and they're they're doing so very well in their own personal lives and their careers. And uh, I think some of the lessons maybe learned along the way have taken hold and people are just living wonderful uh, lives and, and making big time contributions to our society. And that was my goal as a coach. Well, I agree with you. If you look around just the people who – played for you during those years while you were at Alabama I think really truly you're right all of us have kind of really had our own successes in whatever career paths we've chosen a lot of us turned out to be coaches which is great as well so oh yeah 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 so coach Moody let's get into it because you know you have really been on my mind a lot lately since this episode and uh, I shared with you the other day when we talked you know I was driving to Tuscaloosa to record with the girls and I thought about you and I just really wanted to, you know, just hear your expression of the whole loss of everything and just, you know, yeah. starting with Coach K. Absolutely. Uh, Dottie Kelso was the very first person that I hired. The first phone call that I made when uh, they told me that I was going to be the head coach at Alabama, I had uh, recruited Dottie out of junior college okay. to Alabama. She played at Alabama, so she had a vested interest, a sense of ownership in the program already. So she was the plus she had such a vibrant personality and mm-hmm. and uh, a passion. I mean, a true passion for for the game of basketball and uh, the impact that it could have on lives and. So she was the first person that I called. Unfortunately, she did take the job. And Sherry Smelser was already an assistant coach at Alabama. And and uh, so we retained her. And Dottie and Sherry became best of friends. Uh, they had an incredible working relationship. We all did, as a matter of fact. And uh, 
So, yeah, she was the first person, and we were all committed to turning the basketball program at the University of Alabama around, and that meant to play for a national championship. And that was that was an extremely high goal of ours. And so we put together a formula that we thought could help us achieve that. And that was to sign one great player a year and then a couple of really good players that would would be willing to come in and and uh, and and work at their game and. Uh, be a great teammate, be a good person on and off the court. And so that's what we did. And uh, it kind of just worked out. But the, then all of a sudden, the the tragedy uh, in 1994, the, the, well, actually it was in September of, of 1993, mm-hmm. that uh, I, I can never, will never forget, you know, I love to fish. And it was right before the season started. So I was fishing down at... <laughs> down on the river in Tuscaloosa and all of a sudden I get a phone call from Sherry Smelser saying that she had thought he had these headaches and I don't don't want to get into too much of it but just I mean brutal brutal headaches and was trying to find out what was going on and so Sherry had taken her up to the hospital and when they were rolling her into a room to do some uh, diagnostic work she just it it just happened and uh so sherry called me and oh lord uh, uh, i did not know at the time how serious it was mm-hmm. but she said uh you need to get home you need to come to the hospital because dottie's had i think maybe a stroke and i'm like oh my gosh so anyway all the rest is history. She she passed away. It was one of the most devastating things that ever happened to me in my life, let alone in my career, because she was just like, I mean, she, not like a daughter necessarily, but um, more so a, a genuine, uh, very loving friend that we all had a bond that was just like unbreakable, and all of a sudden that had been broken. So... Then we had to go through the process that you've already mentioned about the players and what are we going to do? Well, how are we going to deal with this? And so with a lot of uh, reading of scripture, uh, a lot of prayer, a lot of, of, uh, I guess, counseling from my pastor and, of course, from my wife, because at that time my wife, was uh, a cancer patient, by the way. I remember. And yeah, yeah, she was she was battling breast cancer, and so uh, it was a, a a tough time. But then I had to ask the final question. I think the one that just kind of got me over the hump. What would she have wanted me to do out of this? Mm. And uh, so, with her attitude, her focus, her uh, intensity, her personality, her love for you guys, the love that y'all had for them. We had to take that and turn it into something that would bring glory to God and glory to her. And that's exactly what we did. It is exactly what you did. And you just said a whole lot right there. First thing I want to touch on is how 
uh, Coach K was the first person that you went to uh, when you mm-hmm. got your job and how mm-hmm. her and Coach Smelser became extremely close. And having coached in college women's basketball for 20 years, when you can mm-hmm. put a staff together that loves each other and that gets along, you will be successful because that really matters. That really, really matters. So that's just a testament to, you know, Coach Smelser who was already there and just the person that Coach K was because she could get along with anybody really. She really could because she was just, you know, so genuine and so down to earth. But um, that 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 was big, you know, that everybody well, Sherry, got along. Yeah, and, and one thing about Sherry Smelser, she and I were assistant coaches uh, prior to my getting the head job, we were assistant coaches together at Alabama, and uh-huh. then I left, and then I left and went to Garsville High School, and uh, we remained really, really close. And Nancy Kelly, I already knew her. We mm-hmm. can't forget Mama. Right, Mama was, that's right. Uh, she was right <laughs> there with us, man. She uh, was, and we were we were all like family. And I and I and I say that in all sincerity. You could not have uh, a closer family relationship on the coaching staff than what we had. Yep. And and I think that was a huge factor. I do too. And, you know, adding in that did, okay, so this is what I didn't know is the timing on Sandra's breast cancer. Mm-hmm. What did we already come into that season, the fall of 93 with you knowing that, or did that transpire yes. through? Okay. So you guys knew that already. Actually, September was a bad month for about three or four straight years. Uh, September of 92, uh, she was diagnosed with breast cancer. Okay. And then September of 93, when Dottie (laughs) had the, uh, I guess you'd call it the stroke or whatever it was, aneurysm. Um, and, and then, uh, course september of 94 uh that was a something else happened that year Mm -hmm. i think maybe somebody in the family or something like that but yeah it was uh september of 92 when she was diagnosed with breast cancer and how could i forget that uh because she was she and dotty and sherry and joyce melser and all we were just family man and it was uh and so we were all in it together so, Coach Moody, at what point, you know, after we had had uh, Coach K's home going service in the Coliseum, mm-hmm. um, and I know they did a service for her at home in Tennessee as well, and mm-hmm. at what point did you decide how to approach this season with us? Because I'll tell you what we remembered when we talked about it. We mm-hmm. remembered just coming into practice one day, we don't know like where everybody was mentally, but you just raised the bar in every single way with us. If we didn't block out, it was a cue section. If we didn't go rebound, we were running. If you know, you just <laughs> raised the bar on us and we were laughing about it when we were recording, but we remembered every last one of us stepped up to the occasion though. Like Yeah, I really did. And uh I, I, as I said earlier, I knew Dottie Kelso because I had recruited her. I knew her as a player. I know how, how what about her toughness, mm-hmm. about her work ethic, about her commitment to excellence. And so, as I said a little bit earlier, during my time of grieving, I had to say, what would she expect out of me with this basketball team? 
And that was my motivating factor, single motivating factor, was to bring, like I said earlier, to do what I had to do to, number one, uh, bring glory to God, and number two, to bring glory to her. And that meant we had to go to work. We and did. it wasn't going to happen. Nobody was going to feel sorry for us. We knew that. Uh, right. And so we just had to, you know, tighten up the, our belts, every single one of us. And the only way I knew to do that would be to put expectations out there. And when those expectations were not being met, then there had to be accountability. And that's what we did. It is. And to hear you say that, that you ask yourself the question of what would Coach K expect for you to do? Like mm-hmm. when you say that, I instantly understand exactly why you handled us the way you did because that is exactly what she would have expected for you to do. Oh, she would. <laughs> she, she would have come out of heaven and kicked my butt. Oh, I can tell you that man. right now. Yes, she would and have. I can tell you right now how many nights I laid in bed and and just pondered, "Am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? Uh, what What would you?" What would she do? Uh, what would she, would she expect of me? Because our goal, when I hired her and Sherry, and that was it. We are going to compete for a national championship. Yeah. And uh, and so with that in mind, hey, it was time to just get after it. And uh, like I said, accountability. You you guys had to do it. Yeah. Uh, you and I had some. We had, we had some days, did we not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we talked about the infamous baby get out of practice the day I didn't leave practice that day. So <laughs> and I said, hey, if you don't want to be a part of it, go get out of here. <laughs> we had to get rid of the real crap. And you came yeah. back and you were the greatest thing that ever, uh, one of the greatest things that ever happened. And your your life changed. Yeah. I really believe that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I was telling the girls, I definitely learned to be a winner at Alabama. You know, I have definitely made some mistakes throughout life. But overall, like just that whole experience of being around people like Marlene Stevenson and Carla Coons and, you know, Madonna and Betsy and Sarah, you know, um, Chandra. I could go. I mean, everybody, everybody on Mm -hmm. that team was they we were all just quality people. And. We all raised each other's bar every single day, and we loved the competition. We loved to compete in practice, and, you know, we liked the demand that you placed on us. And even though I know as players we had to follow, you know, your lead and execute and go out there and and do the work that you were asking us to do, I have to give you a lot of credit, Coach Moody, because not a lot of people would have known how to handle something as devastating as the loss of, you know, the coach who really kind of recruited all of us there, you know, and – at a, at a crucial time when, you know, we're all talented and we got high hopes for the season, not a lot of people would have been able to pull a team through that. So, Well, I just thank God for uh, his word, and I mean that with all my heart. I, I, I leaned heavily on his word. I still do. I, and I hope that uh, – let me say something about uh, Bay Bay, folks. When oh, no. We were When we were getting ready to uh, play in Texas – uh, in the regional to go to the final four, we had a, de- a devotion. You know that every game we had a devotion, we and did. The, the players literally. Uh, sometimes I did it, a coach would do it, but most of the time we tried to get the players to take ownership and do it. The best devotion I have 
uh, well, at least one of the top five I ever sat through was Sharon Alexander doing the devotion before the game that we were going to have to play and win to go to the Final Four. And I, I get teary-eyed, emotional still to this day. Every time I think about it, you did a fantastic job and very inspirational. Well, I thank you for saying that. I know you've told me that before, and I really do appreciate it. You know, I have always wondered, when did you know, Coach Moody, like, this team is good, this team could go far? Because we talked about that, too, in the episode, about at what point did we as an individual realize, okay, we're pretty good. Like, we we making really have an amazing season. And it was at different yeah. moments for all of us. When was it for you? Well, I, I knew just because of the uh, way that we practiced mm-hmm. that if we played the way that we practiced, we were going to be pretty good because we had some great players. We had the National High School Player of the Year two consecutive years. Nisa Johnson. Uh, with Nisa Johnson <laughs> and Yolanda Watkins. Yeah, and, big E.O. And uh, so, I mean, our plan, as we said, was to sign a couple of great players and then surround them with quality people who were also uh, really good, hard-working, hard-nosed, tough kids. And and when uh, I could tell the way that you guys responded in practice after a while, it wasn't, it wasn't easy because it was it was tough to get that mentality uh, going. And I probably y'all thought I was a nutcase at the time <laughs> with some of the stuff that I made y'all do. Uh, but anyway, yeah. I, I knew we were going to be good when we were averaging about 90 a game mm-hmm. and we were leading the nation in three point shooting. And we were doing, we were playing a style of play that was not even nobody else played that way. Nobody else played the way that we played, yeah. the way we ran the floor, the way we kept the floor spread. We ran to the corners. We had a trailer. Everybody could shoot to three. And so all, all, all the people that we recruited, we recruited to a position mm-hmm. and, and including yourself, the, mm-hmm. the one that could get the basketball out of bounds as a four player, get it in bounds, Trail the trail uh, trail the floor, uh, stay behind the ball, and on ball reversal, knock a shot down. And we did all that stuff. God, we were we were pretty good. We, we were, were pretty skilled. We mm-hmm. were. I'm gonna tell you when. <clears throat> excuse me. I'm gonna tell you when I realized, Coach Moody, that we not that I didn't think we were good all during the season because I did, but when I knew that we were going to go to the Final Four was. Uh, when we were waiting for the selection show to find out, we knew we were going, we were just trying to find out what seed we were going to be. And I remember you saying that, I hope we get the seventh seed. If we got to get a seed, I want that seventh seed. And Mm -hmm. we ended up getting the seventh seed. And so we, (laughs) we looked at who we were playing in that, in that region to get to the final four. And you said to us, there is not a team on this side of our bracket that we can't beat to get to that final four. And I don't know what happened to me that moment, but something clicked. And I just believed every word you said in that moment. And I'm like, okay, so then we just have to master the assignment from game to game to game. And if you realize coach Moody, we didn't really watch film. You basically would come to us and just give us the scouting report. Tell us what each player did Tell us what we needed to do to be successful. And off of your word, we went out there and executed. Yeah, we didn't watch much film. I, I, I was uh, convinced that, hey, 
that was my job. That was our coach's job. And, and, but now I'll tell you what, we had some, we were very, very thorough in yes. our reports. Yes. And, uh, but I, I remember that moment as well in that selection show. When I saw it, I'm like, hey, we got a chance yes. here. <laughs> and, uh, the only thing I knew we had to go to, uh, to Iowa. Yes. And play the and Vivian the Stringer. Yeah. Iowa with Vivian Stringer <laughs> there. Yeah, and then we had to go to Texas and beat Texas Tech, defending national champions. Defending national champions, yeah. and but when I watched the film, I'm like, we're better than them. We are better than them, and I believed it with all my heart. And uh, of course, you guys had to believe it too, and go out and play with an attitude. And and, and we did. Boy, did y'all ever? Whew, yeah. it was amazing. And we did well. It was an awesome year. It was. It was. An, it was a filled with a lot of, you know, with some with a devastating low, but a lot of highs. And I agree with what you said. It was a lot more highs than uh, the loss of losing Coach K. And I know she was with us the whole season. I know she was proud of us and of you, definitely, well, I, because you handled I, it exactly like it. she would have handled it. <laughs> I, I, I did. I, I, I leaned on her heavily that entire year, y'all probably did not know I was doing that but like I said you don't know how many times I laid in bed at one o'clock in the morning and contemplating and evaluating and okay okay yeah. and keep on grinding keep on grinding keep on grinding she was a grinder That's she what was I would say about Dottie. yes she was a grinder she was no excuses let's get That's it done. why she was a good recruiter too yes she was grinding <laughs> Oh, man. Yes, yes. And I tell you what, in all those years of coaching, I have missed her dearly because there have been many seasons throughout my life uh, as a coach where I wished I could have just picked up the phone and called her and said, Coach K, I'm oh, dealing with this. Oh, what do yeah. I do? You know, or how yeah. do I handle this, Coach K? Or how do I recruit this kid? Like, you know, what, what avenue do you think I should take? And so I have thought of her so often during the years and just said, Coach K, I miss you, girl. I really wish I could call you today and ask you a couple of questions. But Boy, don't we, don't we wish that. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Coach Moody, thank you so much for this time. I definitely could not have done an episode about that Final Four season and not talk with you about it just because I want to just, you know, give you your praises that you handled us brilliantly. And we loved well, you and we believed every word that came out of your mouth. We trusted you. And we knew yeah. that you were going to do what you needed to do to get us to where we needed to be. And we wanted to be where we needed to be. Yeah, well, I'm grateful to each and every player. I'm grateful to, to their parents for their support, uh, the the coaching staff, the administration. I mean, it was just a it was a dream season that started with a nightmare. Right. <laughs> How about that? Right. And the nightmare turned into a dream, and uh, it was a dream that came true. That's all I can say about it because of our work ethic. And just the, the uh, I guess the inspiration of that woman, it yeah. was just over the top. It was. And let's not forget as we close, Lee Walker and our SID, Becky Hoff, because we talked about oh, Becky yeah. in the episode, too. We had the, we always thought we had the best media guide in the SEC because of Becky. Like, there ain't she, no question yeah, about that. She was awesome. Like, she just did everything at a 
excellent level as well in how she handled us and marketed us and interviewed us. Well, she and, was family. Yep. Lee Walker was family. Yep. Uh, Lee Walker's family was family. I mean, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that those folks yeah. because it wasn't, yeah, Becky Hope was, and to this day, I've got uh, media guys that she did that <laughs> almost incomparable. I know. Uh, Beautiful, and so, beautiful yeah, work. Yeah, great, yeah. great people, great year, great year, great year. Well, thank you so much, Coach Moody. I love you. Please tell Miss Sandra I said hello and um, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for being on great. these three things podcast. Thank you for having me, baby. I appreciate it so much. All right, love you, sir. Love you. <laughs> All right, bye bye. Bye bye. All right, queens, kings. And good people, that's it for this episode of These Three Things Podcast, Final Four, Part Two, with Carla, Camille, Monique, Nene, Chandra, Marlene, and our head coach, Rick Moody. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed recording it. And last but not least, I want to send a shout out full of nothing but big love to the Kelso family. Thank you guys for reaching out after listening to part one Final Four episode and sharing how much you guys appreciated hearing our love for your beloved sister and auntie, Dottie Kelso. You guys are our family. And yes, Raymond, what you said to me is absolutely true. There is a bond between us and the Kelso family that can never be broken. We love you guys. See you next episode.